The passing of a rock icon and the Cowboys lose their passer tonight on Rocks and Dirt. Welcome to Rocks and Dirt. I'm Mike Harper. It is Rocks and Dirt. It is classic rock. And we'll take a look at uh, some of the latest sports news as well. I'm here with my good friend Todd Rinley at the Producer Controls. Hey, everybody. And with color commentary, Steve. Hey, thought you'd never miss me till I got a fat city address. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I just thought, always thought it sounded cool. Is that what he said? A fat city yes, address? Yes, that's what he said. I never knew that. For, for four years, I never knew exactly what he said. You're making an Alec, you're making a Van Halen uh, reference. Oh. It's from Unchained, yeah. Okay, see, I, I, I didn't I, know All that. these years, I didn't know what they were saying, but I looked it up. And, oh, okay, that's kind of... Yeah, well, he got sounds rich. Cool. It sounds like he got rich. Do you think? Yeah. Maybe. Well, clearly we're uh, that's got to be it. Yeah, we're highlighting Van Halen tonight because of the sad passing of of uh, Eddie Van Halen, a guitar hero for a generation of guitar players and rock enthusiasts, uh, died at the age of 65 uh, just uh, a couple of days ago as we're recording this, and so it, it's a sad day for a lot of uh, a lot of rock and rollers, Steve. Yeah, very much. I was. It really hit me because that's he's really the reason I started playing guitar. I mean, eventually moved to bass, but I want to be Eddie Van Halen, like like Ace Frehley and all these Angus Young and all these other great guitar yeah. players that are. But really, Eddie Van Halen was the game changer. Now, you you and I talked uh, a couple of days ago about uh, the the state of rock and roll at that point. It was late seventies, and yeah. things had kind of gone to punk in many ways, and any of the the hard rockers had kind of gotten pretty dark, but. Uh, Van Halen kind of took rock and made it a little brighter, a little, uh, yeah, more, uh, maybe a, a more commercial sound. To, well, at the to, time, in the late 70s, a lot of the original hard rock giants like, uh, well, like, you know, Deep Purple, Black, Black Sabbath, Sabbath, who Van Halen actually opened up for on their first tour in 1978. And uh, even Led Zeppelin were starting to get kind of long in the tooth a little bit. And uh, I don't know, maybe they were just too much success for too long and Van Halen put a little bit more energy into it fresh fresh and they put some uh, I don't know some some their harmonies too you know you always hear about their oh my goodness their uh, vocal harmonies really made them a like pop metal kind of yeah almost overshadowed by you know the front man David Lee Roth and and of course the guitar guitar prowess of Eddie Van Halen but those harmonies were so tight and really kind of made the song spark Michael Anthony the bass player was responsible for the the higher harmonies yeah of course Eddie sang too and they were all good singers Eddie sang in the harmonies but but the the Michael Anthony voice and his higher his higher harmonies are what really made their songs unique I think Todd talk about the influence that Eddie Van Halen had on you I know you came up uh, yeah Yeah, trying to emulate him as well he had a he had this thing called the the brown sound which I I think is a little bit warmer sound than a lot of the other guys um, would play and I and I try to get that in in my tone I try to get it to be kind of warm and dark you know rather than so bright Uh, and um, you know the tapping everybody learned tapping after after Eddie did it and and he was so 
his his brother. I heard somewhere his brother. It, it, he was just, he was afraid that people were going to see what he was doing and steal it. So he his his brother suggested that he turn his back to the audience to keep people from seeing how he was doing all that stuff. Huh. That for, he did that for a long time. And there were guys that did it a little bit. Billy Gibbons does it on or did it on Beard Rickers and Hellraisers. Uh, just one like one note or something with his pick yeah. in the solo of and. In 1973, Randy makes, Rhodes did a lot of it, yeah. but but I guess it was after Eddie had done it. Uh, yeah, they they both came out about the same time in the L.A. scene, so but I don't it's, know. It's if, a classical uh, kind of a yeah. uh, of a move, you know. But it's kind uh, of makes it sound like a keyboard, kind of. You talk about tone. Talk about the unique sound that he brought uh, that wasn't like anybody else we'd heard before. Well, that. He had a lot of crazy ideas, like uh, playing slide with an empty can. You know, I forget what song that was, but I read that a long time ago that he'd played slide on something and you'd hear his slide work and it was good, you know. And then and then on uh, what's that tune, Steve, where he plugged a Fender Rhodes through a distortion and a, and a phaser. Oh, it was, it was a Wurgitzer electric piano. It was Cr- in the, in the cradle, cradle Rock. rock. Yeah. And yeah. the flanger and the Marshall stack. He yeah. always come up with these crazy ideas. And then and then not only that, tinkering with the guitars, doing crazy stuff that nobody ever did before. And he helped design a Floyd Rose uh, tremolo system. Where that he could just do those dive bombing things, mm. and then yeah. everybody did that. In the 80s. And then it would come back and be in tune. That's the thing. You listen to like uh, Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock and listen to him play the national anthem and stuff. He gets a little crazy, and all of a sudden his guitar's out of tune. Yeah. You know, well Eddie would do crazy stuff, and his guitar would stay in tune because of the locking nut and the locking bridge and stuff that he designed for, with Floyd Rose. And so, I believe that's true. I, I just I'm heard that the other sure. day. He was the first one I knew of that used the locking. The walking nut. So all that, off. and then just, just, just a very crazy phrasings. I mean, it's all in my mind. I use the word kind of squared off way of playing things. That doesn't make any sense to anybody but me. But I, I, I always tried mean, to. I phrasing. always tried to to emulate that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but. Uh, you know. Eddie Van Halen credited by many to be like the next innovator since. Jimi Hendrix kind of mm-hmm. took it to which was a decade level. before, you know. Yeah. So it'd been a decade since there'd been a. I mean, there were some great hard rock guitar players in the seventies. You know, there was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, you know, the guys I liked when I was a kid. About the same time I, I uh, discovered Van Halen, like, uh, you know, Ted Nugent, Joe Perry, Angus Young. Uh, a lot of great players. Isn't uh, it interesting that that, that Kiss. Dis- discovered them. Yeah, Gene Simmons. He he. Uh, a year before they actually got signed to to uh, Warner Brothers record were, records, where Ted Templeman, the producer, got him signed to Warner Brothers. He was blown away by. But a year before that, uh, Gene Simmons had heard about him. He wanted to, he wanted to start getting into management at the time. Kiss or productions and when Kiss was getting big. So somebody told him in L- when he was in L.A. He said, "Who's a hot young L.A. band? But you need to check out and and." Uh, the people were saying, oh, you got to see Van Halen. And Gene, first thing that came to his mind was, what, what kind of name is that? It sounds like a shirt, like Van Huser or something. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, that's, that's the guitar player and the, and the drummer's last name. And that's, so that's perfect. And he wanted to change their name. He didn't like the name at all. Huh. And he tried to get Kiss's management turned on to them. And they didn't, he didn't, uh, Kiss's manager didn't, didn't really like, they didn't like, he liked Roth specifically, I guess. Yeah. So it was another year before they got signed. Well, all this reflecting we've been doing in the last few days, I was listening to Van Halen driving the, riding the truck the other day, and, and I was thinking, you know, you go out and you do cover tunes to try to be discovered, and, and because when you say, hey, come hear our band, we wrote you know, our originals, and I go, I don't, don't want to go hear no band's 
originals. <laughs> but if I was in a if I was in a place and I heard Van Halen songs for the first time ever and didn't know who they were, I would listen to those songs and go, "Man, these are some great tunes." Because yeah. not only is Eddie creating another style besides the tapping, just the phrasing, just the, he's a brilliant player. Um, David Lee Roth wrote some great songs. Yeah, and and I never really he thought had a about clever it. way with words. Yeah, I mean, even you hear him talk, and he's he's like Stephen Tyler's kind of like that. He's a too, wordsmith. Where they're the way they talk and the way they tell stories are just something about their they've got a rhythm to how they talk and tell stories and uh, and that that's another reason Ted Templeman at first he's kind of turned off by David Lee Roth's vocals, but Roth worked at it and he got better at the vocals and uh, and Ted loved his songwriting. Oh, another thing I want to mention about Ted Templeman, I just read his book. And he he said that when when he first saw Van Halen in the middle of nineteen or in uh, sometime in early mid nineteen seventy seven, Eddie wasn't even doing the tapping yet. That didn't come along till right right before or right before they started recording. I mean, he didn't see him do it live until uh, the few gigs they did before they started recording the Van Halen album. And and he started messing around with Eruption. And Ted said, "What's that?" And he said, "That's." It's just a little solo I'm doing that we're going to do in our live show. He said, we got to record that. we got to put that on the record. And that was Eruption. Todd, you mentioned uh, David Lee Roth wrote some pretty good songs. I don't even think I realized that David Lee Roth was one of the songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he wrote all the lyrics. Because we, we, did, uh, little, we did Little Dreamer the other night. Right. And there were some people in the audience who had never heard Little Dreamer. Yeah. And he they could. go, I went and looked that up, man. That was really cool. Well, it's, it's a great song. It, it's got a... A story to it, you know. That was a last-minute addition to the record too. That was just, they had to put a closest thing to a ballad, I guess, on on the first Van Halen album. Yeah. When yeah. I uh, first heard Van Halen was 1978, the first album. My first impressions were of uh, Jamie's crying. Wasn't that on the first album? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a single. Right. And uh, my first impressions were of David Lee Roth and that kind of ow thing he does with his voice. A lot, I thought. And at first I wasn't really attracted to it, but I did notice uh, the crunchy, uh, unique studio sound of that guitar. And before long, I guess where they got me hooked was when I heard You Really Got Me. Uh, the Kinks originally did that song. That's the I first was, thing I heard. I too. was a fan of, of the Kinks from the the '60s, and I thought, well, here's some guys that have uh, kind of updated and brought some more rock sound to it, and then I became a fan after that. Uh, it, sadly, it's often after the passing of a rock hero like that that you really start to dive into it, and that's what I've been doing this past week or so. As I guess you have got. I've been reading these it. books about Van Halen even before I found out about Eddie on Tuesday. I just thought, wow, this is weird timing. I'm really into on a Van Halen kick right now, and and this happens. And then, so the question becomes: We may have talked about this before. Uh, Van Halen with Roth or Van Halen with Hagar, and you can make an argument either way. Yeah, uh, I prefer the first four albums. Yeah, uh, with David Lee Roth, I do like Sammy Hagar. Sure. I was a big fan of his even before he joined Van Halen. Yeah. And I like some of the stuff with Van Halen, but I still think those first four Van Halen albums are special. Yeah. Made a big impression. And as always, I like to take a look at the lists. Uh, Guitar World magazine lists uh, Eddie Van Halen as number one guitarist of all time in the world. Eddie Van Halen, number one. Now, the all-ever-controversial Rolling Stone magazine put out their top 100 of all time. Listed Eddie Van Halen as number five. You want to know who the first top five were? Yeah, okay. Uh, that, that was Rolling Stone. Right? Yeah, Rolling Stone magazine. You always do this. You yeah. always do this, Mike. <laughs> uh, Jimi Hendrix was number one. Well, okay. Uh, we're going to go okay with that. Uh, Eric Clapton, number two. Mm. <laughs> Clapton was a big 
uh, influence on Eddie Van Halen. That, that may be what they're yeah. looking at. Influence, yeah. maybe a factor. Uh, Jimmy Page, number three. Okay. Uh, this is one you're going to love. Number four, Keith Richard. <laughs> and then Eddie Van Halen. Great so songwriter. I can almost hear people going, what? <laughs> well, he was an influence. Yeah, yeah, what, what, what Steve says. This yeah, guitar is an influence. He plays an open G all the time. You'll, okay. be, you'll be happy to know that, that Bob Dylan was not in the top ten. Okay. I don't know all where right. he is. Right Thank you. <laughs> I love Bob Dylan. So Eddie Van Halen, uh, R.I.P., we, we have gained much from your... How does it feel? <laughs> you do what does he say? He goes, How does it feel to be on your yeah, own? To be on your own. A rolling a complete speed. unknown. Complete unknown. There you go. But no direction. Oh. We can never accuse him like of being a rolling a... stone. <laughs> Everybody must get. And with that, uh, we turn it over to our sponsor of the week. Uh, yeah, uh, on the docks seafood shack. You remember this place? Yes. Yes, we're going to be there. On uh, let's October twenty fourth, twenty fourth, October twenty fourth, the Tuxedo Cats Trio will be there. We're gonna rock that place, and I'm looking forward to it. It's a lovely venue. Yeah, the food is really good. Yeah. We've played there twice in the last. Uh, we've been there twice. Yes, I've been there twice. there twice, and I think you guys have played there one other time besides that. Yeah, maybe. I got an interesting so story. So we played there three that. times, Todd. At, At least, okay. yeah. I thought it was twice. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you that twice. story in a minute. But we're going to be there again on the on October twenty fourth. It is at one eight nine five zero eighteen nine fifty one fifty five in Flint, Texas. Seems to me like it's like closer to noonday. Or yeah, something. it's between noonday. But it's probably closer to noonday. Right before you get to that Brookshire's out there on um, yeah, what is that? Twenty six sixty one. Yeah, that's my Brookshire's. So we're going to be there. We played there. Um, I, I played there with somebody uh, about. Eight years ago, and we were playing a Friday and Saturday back-to-back. Well, this is an outdoor stage, and we didn't want to tear it down. So I slept and camped out on the stage that night. I didn't know that. I sure did. I remember when wow. you did that. Yeah. You're a rock and roller. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Is and On October 24th, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice weather. So yeah, it's, it's uh, peak season. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So you guys come join us at On Dock Seafood. Uh, on the 24th of this month. It's the TuxedoCats.com for all the information and more than you'll ever ever need at the tuxedocats.com or visit our Facebook page. We'll play some Van Halen. Absolutely. Oh, mama. Hey, anytime uh, you're in East Texas, be, be within the first 10, 15 minutes, the Dallas Cowboys are going to come up. And not always uh, a, a, heart, a hearty uh, conversation. Sometimes it's some, with a little bit of displeasure. Uh, but in this case, uh, we got a feel for the Cowboys. Uh, here they are, two and three, uh, this deep into the season. They t- got a big win this past Sunday, uh, but not without paying a price. Uh, their star quarterback, uh, uh, Dak Prescott, went down in his fifth season, a broken ankle, out for the season. Now, they had been in negotiations uh, with a for a long-term contract, weren't able to come up with anything. But, Steve, it looks like maybe now the Cowboys maybe have a leg up on him, if I could use that pun. Yeah. They're, well, this is why we got Andy Dalton, a good, I say we. That's looking brilliant Cowboys. now, isn't it? Yeah, because you never know in this league. A, a veteran quarterback and Andy Dalton. Playoffs before, and he rallied, and he, he uh, had to shake off some dust, but he, he, he got the team a win with some great passes and some great catches by – uh, I think the Cowboys have maybe the best receivers in the league. The defense is terrible, though, so it's... Oh, what a hit. 
This, this season's already bad. You know what defense? But, uh, Hello, Joel. Yes, sir. Hey, this is your uncle Todd. Hey, guys, I'm gonna bring Joel in for this conversation. Joel's got he, a, a thought or two about right, the Cowboys. Joel. He knows a little bit about Dak. Yeah, yeah, it was really unfortunate what happened to him over the weekend. Did you see what happened? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't see it firsthand, but I saw, I saw, you know, after it happened, all over social media and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just hearing from Steve earlier that he twisted. Totally turned his foot the yeah, wrong way. Yeah, and that always kind of makes me cringe. But I'm sorry, Steve. I interrupted you. You were saying something. No, nah, I was just saying. Uh, I, he, he, I, I broke my ankle six years ago, and I, I fell on it, and it took me about. I was out for I don't know a few months, but but they say he's out for at least this season, and I just I just hope it's not a career-threatening injury. That's I know this season's gone anyway. It wasn't for you. You came back. Well, Surely yeah. that can come back. <laughs> Although your passing percentage he's has gone down a little a bit. He's a world-class athlete. So. We hauled his stuff yeah, around. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's career. Now, definitely the season. Like I think it's yeah. like five months. He's like yeah, 27. He's 27 that's years old. That's what I was worried about the long term. Because yeah, this year, yeah, whatever. Because the the defense is so horrible. They're you know. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they got Andy Dalton. I mean, like we were talking last time we talked to you, Joel. I think we talked about Andy Dalton. This is yeah. Always yeah. got Andy Dalton, a, a veteran. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see what the Red Rifle has has left in the tank for this team. Maybe they'll have to go back to the running game. There's an article uh, that in the paper uh, came out today. So the crunching stats: why the Cowboys season is far from over after losing Dak, Dak Prescott. So apparently, somebody feels like there's still hope. They could still win the division. This well, horrible. Here's, division. here's the thing: the NFC East is dog crap. I mean, I'm just going to be it's honest. Bad. Like, it is really like, designed that way. The it, NFC least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us how like, you really they, feel, Joel. Yeah. I mean, they could probably go six and ten and still make the division and still make the playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah. wow. Available right now. It's good, good uh, division to be in, then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But how long will they last in the playoffs if they make it? You know, you never know. Like, oh, you never know. Last week, the Eagles were leader in the division at one, two, and one. So. Cowboy season far from over. Uh, it says Zeke steps up, so apparently he's helping out. He says, he's going to have to. Everybody kind of stepped up yesterday after the It was the best game play. he has had this season, 91 yards, two touchdowns rushing, including that powerful 12-yard run on the third and six just after Dalton came in and completed the pass to Lamb. Yeah, well, he's going to have to prove his money's worth for this season, that's for sure. He's never really had to, had to carry the team before with Dak, but he's going to have to prove his worth. Well, Dak, at 27, just five seasons in, uh, Joel, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on the negotiations that will ensue after the end of this season. They weren't able to get a long-term contract, but now maybe the Cowboys have the advantage. Yeah, I would definitely see it that way. I mean, he was wanting $40 million and, you know, an injury like this is going to be I mean, like you said, he's only 27 years old, so he can definitely come back from it. But it's still like, you know, you don't really know what kind of quarterback he could be when he comes back. Now, I imagine, I mean, he's going to get paid somewhere. Is it with the Cowboys? You don't know. So that's just the real question is if Jerry Jones is, you know, willing to write them checks out like he always says he will. So They're saying they'll probably franchise him again next year. That's what everybody seems to be saying. Yeah. Yeah, do the Kirk Cousins route. That's what yeah. the Redskins did a couple couple years ago with Kirk Cousins. So, how do you compare Dak Prescott to Tony Romo? Go ahead. I Joe. would, I would say he's he was he's better than Tony Romo. Yeah, I would say he's better than Tony Romo. Now, Tony Romo was a pretty good quarterback, and you know, they could just they could just never get it done quite right with them. But you know, always going eight and eight, and I mean that's all Dak's been able to do. But I w- I, w- I would think he's better than Tony Romo right now. Anyways. Yeah, he's more exciting, I think, than Tony Romo. Romo could be exciting, but I think Dak was even more exciting to watch. So. Yeah. You know why Tony Romo can't use his phone anymore? Why is that? Can't find the receiver. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is when Dak, like, pretty much broke his ankle and the whole state of Texas saw it. Tony, like, I, I, I didn't hear it firsthand, but apparently Tony Romo was just like, when he went down, he's like, well, I hope it's just a cramp. And watching his ankle. I do remember him saying because he grabbed his calf. He kind of grabbed his calf. That's like the first thing I say every morning. Boy, I hope it's just a cramp. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do remember yeah. hearing him say that. I thought yeah, it was too. But so then when he didn't get up, I was like, uh oh. Well, Joel, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and get your expertise on the Cowboys. We're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna find out from Joel now. Joel is a coach these days. He coaches for the Lindell teams. Oh, he's doing it for money. Yeah. Are oh you, yeah, yeah. Paid now. You're getting paid. Okay, that's nice. Well, tell us something. How's how's it looking? What what is uh, how's Lindell doing this year? Oh, they're doing great. We are. We're on a you know we're on a steamroll. It's just you know who who are we gonna steamroll next? Uh, okay. We had we had uh, Chapel Hill. We beat them fifty-two to six. What? Ooh, wow. Yeah. And then we beat Cha- uh, not Chapel Hill. We beat Henderson last week, thirty-four to seven. Man. So, quick, quick math right there. That's what eighty to thirteen. That's dominance. The thirteen points. Yeah. So, you. Got- I mean, we're we're pretty, we're pretty dominant on both sides of the ball. Oh, 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 oh! Forgot Maybank. We beat Maybank sixty. Stop it. Three to twenty-one. Are you guys like in the? Are you guys like making headlines now? Are you three and zero? Oh yeah, we have the number one running back in the state of Texas and the number eleven running back in the country. Man, Whoa. I had no idea. I'm gonna start paying That's attention. Jordan Jenkins, he's a, he's a stud, man. He's uh, he's committed to Baylor. So what's your record? We uh, in district we're three and zero, and then overall we are five and two. Looks like now it. those two losses. Those two losses were to get one was to Gilmer, where we should have won. We had a thirty-five to fourteen lead at the half. We should have we should have won that game. Which and they were number two in the state. Wow, Gilmer's always tough. And, and then they came back on us. Uh, and then we had Middleothian, which was the number eight uh, team in the state, and they came. Uh, we were tied at half, and it came down to the came down to a wire. We had a late interception that kind of sealed the game for him. But it looks like the Eagles are definitely a force to be reckoned with. What is your role there uh, as on the staff? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a freshman coach, and I just kind of help out with varsity. So are you water boy? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, no. he's well past that. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. So That's you're there good on the scene. You're watching. You're you're a, a part of the action there. That is an exciting season to be a part of. Oh yeah, there's gonna be something special this season. You know, Coach Cochran, uh, Chris Cochran. He is a heck of a coach. Like, he's a heck of a coach. You well, know, every, like every one of them players, you know, they, they want to, you know, live for him, die for him on that field. The, the great thing about this team is they're all bought in. Everybody's there. We have one goal, and that's, you know, we're going to do something special this season. It sounds like it. And, you know, if, if the Cowboys don't go uh, much farther, we can always look to the Lindale Eagles. Exactly. Uh, Joel, thank you for joining us on the Rocks of Dirt. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope I hope you guys go all the way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great night. You too. Thanks, Joel. And that about wrap it up for Rocks and Dirt for Joel and our good buddy Steve and Todd of the producer controls. I'm Mike Carper, your host, taking it home. Lois, I'm coming to see you. Bye bye. bye.